Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. There's tired, like, oh, I'm ready for bed. And then there's weary, like, you're downcast, you're wore out, there's nothing left to give. And so it's kind of like, you know, that's not really, in my opinion, a good definition for the word for the word weary. At the end of the day, you're tired, you're ready for bed. Um, but after many days of a hectic routine or a season that seems like it's never ending with no results, you know, then I would say, okay, I'm, I'm growing weary and I'm, I've become weary. And when you're weary, you know, it's easy, it's easy to slip up. We make more mistakes when we're wore down, amen, or when we're tired. And, you know, for example, in my, in my own life this week, um, I don't know if you guys saw on Facebook, but I, I, I do cookies and cakes and, you know, this little side business thing. And I had a cookie order for 500 cookies. And it was actually 500. It wasn't like I just kept saying, oh, you know, 500 cookies. Like it was actually 500 cookies. And I was working on them all week in one night we're going to bed and we had a Chick-fil-A cup sitting there and I thought, okay, I need to pour this, you know, in the trash, get it, get it taken care of. So there's still liquid in it and I take the lid off and in my head I'm like, I need to pour this in the sink and pour the cup away. I mean, throw the cup away. And so I take the lid off, I walk over to the trash can and I pour the liquid straight into the trash can. And as I'm doing it, I was like, oh, that was what I was trying to prevent was liquid in the trash can. But you know, I was just so tired. I had just been working all day and I just, you know, I made a mistake. And of course that's not a big mistake that's something silly it's not going to really affect anybody but if we really stay in this place of weariness we can really allow bigger things bigger issues to creep up on us because we've grown weary and and i think it's so cool how the scripture that we're going to fo- focus on this morning i'm going to kind of break it down a little bit but it it says in the scripture it says in one version it says do not grow weary so in the english standard version it says let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we don't give up and that's in galatians 6 um and verse 9 and you know it's kind of like a warning that they're giving giving us here um you know like i said and there's several versions of the same thing but one of the versions says don't so it says, don't grow weary. So usually when, you know, when I tell my kids don't, especially uh, my son Judah, the first thing he asks me is why? Like, I'm like, hey, don't play soccer in the house. Why? Well, because I said so. No, I'm just kidding. That's like the mom rite of passage, right? When you can say, because I said so, you've arrived in motherhood. Because <laughs> your mom said it to you and you're like, why? And then as soon as you can say it, you're like, yes, that feels so good. Okay, anyway, no, but anyways, they want, they always want to know why, and usually if there's a don't, it's to prevent us from something bad happening, right? Kicking the ball inside can break a clock, or your brother, you know, his face, you know, so you can't, you can't kick a, kick a ball inside, and so, um, so whenever there's a don't, I want us to think to ourselves, why is there a don't here? It's, it's trying to protect us from something bad happening. So after it says don't, the next th- word I want to focus on is it says grow. So we see here that we know that growth is something that happens over time. Nothing grows in a day. You know, you're not going to plant a seed. And by the time you go to bed, there's already a sprout or a tree or anything like that. So for something to grow, it takes a long time, right? It's not just oh, I'm, I'm grew weary. You know, it's not like you wake up in the morning, you haven't had your coffee and, oh, I'm weary. You know, like, no, it's something that's gonna, it's gonna take a while to do that. So first of all, we have to don't, and then we have to not let it grow. It's something that we allow to happen over time when we don't, 
put an end to it. And um, the previous scriptures here in this passage in, in um, 7 and 8, it talks about reaping and sowing. And that's what's the, the precursor to this. And, um, you know, we get in what we put out. I'm sorry, we get out what we put in. And uh, it's a God principle. It's universal. You know, a lot of times we use the scripture for tithes and offerings. You know, you're going to reap what you sow. But really, it's way more universal than that. You can reap and sow in actual plants, you know, in farm, in money, in relationships. Whatever you put into a relationship is what you can expect to get out of that, whether that's your marriage or your children or friendship or your work. Whatever you put into anything, it's, it's just this God principle that's just already started and it doesn't stop. And so... Um, we just need to be cautious of what we are sowing because we are going to reap whatever it is that we sow. And, and then the warning goes on to say the big if. Everyone say if. And this is another word that's there because of something else. So it says if. We will only reap if we don't give up. How many of you guys would think it would be good to like work here in this church for a month and a half and then think, okay, it's good enough, and just stop, right? We wouldn't really reap the reward of a complete and awesome-looking church that we have now, so so much better than it was a month ago. But we wouldn't have reaped this reward if we just gave up. If we decided that we were weary, we let ourselves grow weary, and then we just stopped. We wouldn't be able to reap that reward. So the if is there because it reminds us that God doesn't want us to get weary because God wants us to have the reward. Amen? Because he's a good father. So he doesn't want us to put in all the work and then have nothing to show for it. Because he's a good father, he's giving us these warnings. He's saying, don't because something bad can happen. Don't allow the growth. You know, cut it out before it happens. And then if you give up, you won't get the reward. So, you know, I a couple years ago, I, I kind of, I'm kind of a runner, kind of. And by that, I mean, I like to run, but I'll go like years without running. So a couple, <laughs> I, true story. Yesterday we were at the, at the park, uh, Joe Pool Lake for Mariah's um, friend's birthday party. And she forgot her towel in the car. It's only 85 degrees. It's super windy. She gets out of the lake. Her goose pumps are like chicken bumps. I mean, they're huge. And, uh, and so I'm like, oh, I'll go get your towel. So I just start running and I'm thinking, yeah, I look pretty good. I'm still in shape. I haven't ran who knows how long. And I don't even get to my car and I'm like, <sighs> and I'm like, hopefully nobody's watching me because I'm going to start walking now. But you know, it's, I consider myself a runner. Well, I was trained a couple years ago. I did a half marathon. That's 13.1 miles. And you know, I was training for that thing for like three months. And it would not have made much sense if I did all the training and then a week out, I thought, you know what? I'm just not going to do it because I couldn't say, hey, I ran a half marathon. I could just say, hey, I trained and then I didn't finish, right? I didn't finish strong. And so God wants us to be able to say, hey, I ran a half marathon. I put that little 13.1 sticker on the back of my van and I'm like, yeah, I haven't ran in four years, but I did a half marathon. <laughs> but anyway, God wants us to be able to say that we did it. God wants us God wants to applaud us and cheer us on that we're able to reap what it is that we've that we have sown. So, so I want I want to uh, speak today on how do we prevent ourselves from growing weary? And I feel like I have a couple points that would maybe help us um, figure that out. So, the first thing that we can do is to prevent ourselves from growing weary is find purpose in the present. You are needed where you are right now. Some of you might 
absolutely hate the phase of life that you're in right now or even the week that you've been having, but you are needed where you are right now. So why does God have us here? That's the question. When we're following God's will for our life and we're submitted to him like wholeheartedly, then he has us here for a purpose. And so we just need to seek out what is that reason? You know, Pastor Josh and I hear all the time, people are like, well, I just don't want to miss the will of God. I just don't know what to do. I don't want to get out of the will of God. And you know, it's really not that simple. Like you're in and then you're out. Like it's not like that. If you are pursuing God with your life and you are praying and you are asking and you have choice A and choice B, it's not going to be like, if I choose A, that might not be the will of God. Or if I choose B, I might end up in sin. You know, if, if this is not a sin issue and it's something that you are trying to decide between this job or this job or living in this city or living in this city, you just submit your heart to God. You pray and you ask him. And even if you don't feel like he was like, this is the Lord, take job A. You know, you can pick which one and you can believe that God's going to honor either one because our steps are ordered by him. Amen. So anyway, so don't worry about that. Get that out of your mind that you're going to get out of God's will by taking the wrong job. That's silly. So anyways, so we just, I just want to say that. Don't worry about that. So where you are now, God has you there for a purpose. There's something for you to learn in this phase of life that you can't learn yesterday or 10 years ago and that, you know, won't be necessarily necessarily applicable to your life in five years. And so it's important for us to just to soak it up. Some things we learn for ourselves and some things we learn for other people. Like maybe you don't even feel like what you're learning right now is valuable, but in, you know, in a year or in two years or even next week, you can just have gone through something and then somebody else is going through it and you're like, it didn't break you down. You know, like you didn't have a meltdown when that happened, but maybe the other person is having a meltdown. So you can say, Hey, you know what? I just went through the same thing and this is what helped me get through it. You know, and, and I just want to, I just feel like every time I get the chance, I just need to reiterate that it's such a misconception in, in the church today or even in the world, because the church has not done a great job of representing God to the world that people feel like God does bad things to us to teach us something or to give us a testimony or whatever. But God doesn't give people cancer so that he can teach them about healing or or dependency or whatever it is. So if something is happening bad in your life, it's not God. It's not God testing your faith or, you know what I'm saying? Like we don't see that anymore. God does good things. He's a good father. If you're sick, don't think God gave you sickness. He didn't give you cancer so that in 10 years you can be a cancer support group person. That's not the way it works. You can be a cancer support group person because you love Jesus and because you trusted Jesus to walk you through it. He will use everything for his glory, but he doesn't do it to you on purpose, okay? Everybody on the same page? And if somebody tells you that, if if you're talking to somebody and they're like, well, you know, I just went through this really hard loss and I guess God just wanted to take that person to heaven. No, tell them, no, God's a good father. He loves you. He, that's not the way he works. So we need to start saying the truth and representing God right to the world. Amen? So let that be our, 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 pur- our mission, our purpose to communicate that. So anyways, off my soapbox there. Um, you know, but of course, anyways. Um, oh, yeah, that, I already said that. Okay, sorry. Um, so anyways, ask yourself, what can I learn from this? How does this literal thing that actually is happening right now speak metaphorically? I find myself thinking that like all the time. Like, I don't know if I'm just trying to be like, oh, what's the lesson here? You know, but I find myself doing that all the time. Like I'm doing the dishes and there's like one piece of food that won't come off. And I'm like, what is this? You know, and the Lord's like, 
that's that's pride, Leslie. You've getting all the plate clean, but you still have pride. And I'm like, oh, Lord, let me clean the pride. You know, whatever it is, we can learn from everything. We can, we, God can speak to us however he wants. And so sometimes something literal can mean something totally different if you just would allow God to speak to you whenever and, and wherever. So um, I, I, I do that all the time. I find myself thinking on a, on a daily basis in motherhood and just in my daily routine, like, you know, what is, what is this? What's the lesson here? And, you know, I could start a blog called Lessons on Motherhood, but nobody's still my idea. It's my idea. Just kidding. Um, you know, like, like yesterday, for example, uh, you, you know, I've noticed, I don't know what it is, but as the years are going by, holidays have like, like a bubble. And so like, that doesn't make much sense. But like, so today's Mother's Day, but people were celebrating it yesterday and Friday. And some people will be celebrating it like, you know, tomorrow. And like Valentine's Day, like people are like, oh, I got my Valentine. And it's like three days before. And I'm like, it's the 11th, people. Valentine's Day is the 14th. Anyway, so we were celebrating Mother's Day yesterday. And Mariah wanted to help me make pancakes. I make pancakes every Saturday. It's called Pancake Saturday. I wanted to create a tradition for my kids to remember. And so what easier thing to do than to make pancakes every Saturday. So um, anyway, so Mariah wanted to help me make the pancakes yesterday. And so you know, first of all, I could just say no, because it would have taken me longer. We had somewhere to be at 10 o'clock, and I, you know, I should have just said not today, but that would not have, you know, helped her or let her love on me or whatever. So we're measuring it out, and we're, and I'm like, okay, we're going to make a batch and a half, because I only end up getting like a pancake and a half, because I'm the last one to eat. So I'm like, we're going to make extra today. And so then I'm like, I'm trying to be all like baker slash mom slash teacher. And I'm like, so if it's one cup and we need one and a half batch, how much is that? And so she's like, you know, one and a half cups. I'm like, yes, you know, so then we go to the next thing. Anyway, so we get all the dry ingredients in the bowl. And she's going to put the last little one in there. And she tips the whole bowl full of flour and everything just right down my pants onto the floor. And in that moment, I could have just Mariah, what, what did you do that for? You know, but that would not have brought glory to God. First of all, it would not have given her confidence in me as a mom that it's okay to make mistakes. And that in the future, if she was to make a mistake, she wouldn't feel like she could come to me with that because she would know how I was going to respond to her. So in that moment, as I'm looking at white flour all down my black pants, I just I just, you know, I was quiet for a second, and she was like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And I just reassured her in my love for her, in my acceptance of her, and just in her right to be in the kitchen and spill flour. And I said, it's okay. You know, and I, and I, and I, in that sense, right there, I could have, it was metaphoric, metaphoric, metaphorical. Is that a right way to use that? Anyway, because, you know, in three years from now, she might be struggling with something. And if she makes a mistake, she might not feel like she can be vulnerable with me because she knows that I snap when she makes mistakes. Amen? So, again, lessons all the time. What can we learn from what we're going through? We need, to, we need to have a standpoint in life that we can learn from everything, the good or the bad, and allow it to make us better. Even little things like that, like spilling flour. You know, I remember um, also back when we lived in Amarillo, and I had just gone through a miscarriage, and it was really a really hard time. And I was, I was, I was not depressed or anything, um, you know, because I was keeping my mind on Christ. But I was just sad, you know. That's a very hard thing to walk through. And uh, I think it was Judah or Mariah, I can't remember. Um, 
they were wanting to get cereal, and I said, yeah, I said, yeah, get some cereal. And they, it was a brand new box of like little, I don't know, like fruity pebbles, or little. And they just spilled the entire box in the kitchen. And in that moment, I knew I could cry, and I could scream, or I could just laugh it off and say, well, there's cereal over the whole kitchen. And so in that moment, I just chose to laugh because, you know, what what good would screaming have done or what good would have crying have done? So we can learn from everything. We can choose joy in every situation. We, be, we can become stronger from every situation. Amen? So, you know, I say it pretty often, and I, and I find myself, maybe I'm just saying it for myself, but, you know, everything really is just a season. And so we just have to embrace each season. What can I get from this? How can I learn what I can only learn in this circumstance. Let, how can I let it make me better, stronger, wiser? You know, it might be a long season. It might be a short season. But, but what are we doing now that we won't be doing later and that we, that we need to soak it up and benefit and, and just let this brand us for life and make us better? Amen? So whatever it is you're going through right now, I just want to encourage you. It's just a season. It won't be forever. And you can make it through. So that's the first thing, finding purpose in, in the present. Uh, the second thing is doing everything unto the Lord. How many of you guys have a job that you would say is not your favorite or that you hope you're not doing in a few years? Hey, Dalton, <laughs> you're the youth pastor here. <laughs> Just kidding. He has two jobs. <laughs> he has two jobs. Sorry, I couldn't pass up that opportunity to be funny. Okay. Um, but anyways, you know, sometimes we, we can get caught up in the, the grind of our job and think, oh, I hate you know, chopping wood. I'm, I hate chopping wood. But we, we should challenge ourselves when we wake up that even if it's not something that we want to do, that we're going to do it as if we were doing it for the Lord, and we're going to be awesome. We're going to be the best wood chopper that we can be, or we're going to be the best valet parker that we can be, and we're going to represent Christ everywhere we go. And when we, when we change our minds and when we decide that we're going to do something for Christ, we will begin to find more value in what we're doing. And when we have more value in what we're doing, then we become more confident in what we're doing. And then we can see the fruit of our efforts. And then we can see, you know, the immediate results of, of what we're doing. And it won't, it won't just be, you know, you won't be a value parker for everywhere. Maybe, you know, after that you'll be promoted to, you know, manager of the valley parkers or whatever. And, and we're not just doing it to be like, look at me, I'm a Christian, so I'm the best parker. No, we want to do it because if God was there watching us, we would want to represent him well right? We would want to represent the kingdom of God well. So that's why we do our best. And that's why we do it as if it was unto the Lord, not to say, look at me, but just to say, look at God. And and he's made me to where I can be this way. So uh, in Colossians 3 and and chapter, uh, chapter 3 and verse 23, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. So that's, you know, just exactly what I was just saying that it would, it should be, thank you so much. um, It should be our motivation to Bring honor to God through whatever our job is. If you're a stay-at-home mom, how can you bring honor to God in that? You know, if you work in an assembly line, how can you bring honor to God there? There's always something. Even if it's just people over time can see that you're full of grace or that you don't, you know, that you're always joyful or whatever it is, that, that brings an opportunity for them to ask you and an opportunity to, for you to minister to them. And then once they know that you're a Christian, then they can keep coming back to you and be encouraged by you. And it's just another way for God's love to be evident. If you're grumpy and you're misrepresenting Christ, they're never going to come to you or they're not, not, they're not even going to know you're a Christian and they might be going through something really hard at work. And why would they go to the grumpy person for encouragement? Right? 
That doesn't make any sense. So if we're, if we're representing God well in doing our work as if it was for him, his kingdom will be advanced. He will be uh, gloried, uh, glorified and, and honored. And you, over time, again, not the purpose that we're doing it, but he can promote you and just, it's a good, it's a good cycle. So people ask me sometimes, or actually a lot, how do you do it all? How, how do you have four kids and you make cakes and you're a pastor? And, and I'm not trying to say, like, look at me or anything, but I really just don't even feel like it's that much. And I'm not just saying that for accolades. Like, I really just feel like, well, this is my mission that I'm on right now. Like, this is what God's given me. I'm going to be a good mom. I'm going to try to do my best at at uh, leading worship and, you know, whatever it is. And so that's that's what I do. I kind of like do this mental thing sometimes in the morning or when I go to bed and I'm just kind of like running down like a mental list. Like, okay, tomorrow I have to this, this, this. And in the middle of that, I'll probably have to stop and feed or change the baby or whatever, you know, but I just kind of like figure it out. Like, this is what I'm doing. I don't let myself get overwhelmed. And I just say, okay, this is what I need to do. And if I don't get it done that day, then I don't get it done that day. That doesn't mean I'm a failure. That doesn't mean that I'm not getting my job accomplished. You know, I'm sure that uh, Josh would like the house a little bit cleaner, but, you know, I do what I can do. And if it doesn't get done in that day, I'm not going to strive for perfection because it, you know, whatever it is, I'm just going to do what I need to do the best I can do, do it as unto the Lord and not beat myself up whether I get it done or not. Amen. Because once we start beating, our, beating ourselves up or we start focusing on what we didn't get accomplished, that's a way that we can start growing weary because we're like, oh, I just, now this is tomorrow. And now, and that, you know, and this past week or in the week before that, I had a crazy week. I had cancellation after cancellation. Some things I had to cancel due to sick kids. Some, people, some things were canceled on me. You know, like people would call me, hey, this. And so it was just crazy. And I was like, I have so much to do, and I'm supposed to get it all done in this week, and people keep canceling. And it was just so frustrating. And I was even, like, telling Josh, I was like, I'm so frustrated. And, and I, you know, Uriah had a doctor's appointment that's been set up since last December. And they called me, and they're like, hey, we have to cancel two hours before the appointment. And so I hung up the phone and I just went, and then Uriah started crying and I was like, okay, that was not a good choice. You know, like I'm like not bringing peace into the environment, you know? So anyway, I was just kind of like, oh, what in the world? You know? So I like called Josh and he helped, he helped calm me down. He's like, you're a great mom. You do everything so good. And he's just amazing support. So anyways, but if we can't, if we focus on what we don't get accomplished, we're never going to feel good enough. We're never going to find the value in what we're doing. And that, and that's like the number one easy trigger to start growing weary is to focus on the negative. And we can't let the negatives outshine the positive. Like, what did I do today? You know, sometimes I'll even do that. Like when I go to bed, instead of sitting there and thinking, well, I didn't finish this and I didn't finish that. I say, today I got so much done or the baby was sick and he just needed me all day. And that's okay because nobody else can be his mom, but me, you know, whatever it is, don't allow yourselves to let the negative outshine the positive. And so, um, we will reproduce or duplicate what we are, whether that's a hard worker, whether that's a lazy person, whether that's a negative person or an encourager. Um, so you'll duplicate that in your kids. You'll duplicate that in your friends. You'll duplicate that in your coworkers. And so that should motivate us to be examples of what we hope to duplicate. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to be like known as the group of people that, oh, they're so negative. And usually that's kind of how it goes. Like people that 
that are friends, you know, like, oh, they hung out with the wrong crowd. Well, if they're hanging out with them, that's probably because they're part of the wrong crowd. You know, I'm sorry to, to, to burst your bubble, but, um, you know, we don't want to be associated with things that are like that. So if we're wanting to reproduce here, especially at Overflow Church, we're wanting to reproduce people that are full of joy, people that are encouraged, people that are motivated to, you know, help people encounter Jesus. And so it's important to remember that you're not just doing it for yourself. You're doing it. You're working as unto the Lord, but people are watching you and you're going to start reproducing what you are. So let's let that be a, a motivator, not something to hold over your head and make you feel like you have to be perfect because we'll all mess up, but something to motivate you that, hey, I need to do my best because eventually somewhere around here, somebody's going to start imitating me and I don't want to create, you know, poor worth it poor work ethic or lazy or negative or whatever. So let us be encouraged to focus on the positive, do it like we're doing it for Jesus, and let's reproduce good fruit. Amen? And the last thing is, number three, is being content. And this one is like, ouch, it's so hard to be content, right? It's it's so easy to just think, oh, well, when I get a better job or when we move or when I graduate or, you know, and, or even people like when we're talking earlier about the will of God, when one day when I'm in full-time ministry, then I'll do this or when I, you know, and it's like, there's so much for you right now. There's so much that you can glean out of this situation. And so it's so important for us to be content where we are now. You know, we hear the saying, good things come to those who wait. That's kind of like a popular thing. I don't know if somebody made that up to try to help themselves feel better. But, you know, that's the waiting is the hard part. We just want to focus on the good things. But then the end of that says, come to those who wait, you know. And so it's hard to be happy when you have to wait. And so we just need to realize that the happiness comes from the inside. It's something that we choose and happiness is not dependent on our circumstances. So if you feel like you're waiting and so you're just going to be grumpy until it happens, that's not really a good method because you have to choose to find happiness now in this circumstance or whenever whatever you are waiting on comes to pass, you won't really be happy with that either because then you're going to just be waiting for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And so it's so important to just know, okay, I'm here and I'm going to be content and I'm going to get what I need to get out of this uh, and, and let God be glorified. You know, if we focus on the wrong thing, we will grow weary. You know, if we're focusing on the fact that, you know, we don't ever leave the house because we're a stay-at-home mom or the fact that we don't have a social life because you're a poor college student or the fact that you don't, you know, have a nicer car, your car's falling apart because you don't have a raise at your job, you know, then you're going to start to grow weary because you're going to be longing for something that you don't have. But when you're content and when you're humble and when you're happy for what you do have, you're like, wow, I have a lot to be thankful for. God is so good. Look at all this is going on in my life. You know, a couple years ago, Josh and I were like, man, we really need a new van. And I really started to feel like, man, my van is breaking down. It's about to be nine years old, but it's doing so good. And then Jonathan, he has this awesome car detailing business. Uh, like a, it hasn't been a year. It looks like it's been a year since. I'm sorry, since you cleaned it. <laughs> uh, there's like Cheerios smashed. Anyway, um, but he cleaned my car really nice, and I was like, you know what? My van is still doing really good, and I'm so thankful that I don't have to make a payment on this thing, and it doesn't look nine years old, and it still smells good, you know, whatever. And I was just kind of like, wow, I don't need a new van right now. I totally, this is, this is good. 
<laughs> but now, you know, anyways, <laughs> I'm gonna, we're not going to talk about what's been happening the last few weeks with my van, but I'm content, right? I'm going to be content. I'm going to say that I have a van that works, and I'm thankful for it. And I'm going to focus on the good stuff. So, you know, one of the most common scriptures that we hear, um, and Josh and I laugh about this all the time, um, is Philippians 4 and then actually verse 13 um, when it says, you can do all things to Christ who gives you strength. And so we just kind of laugh because you can like tag that onto anything like, oh, I need to finish making my 500 cookies but I'm so tired, but I can do all things to Christ to give me strength. Yes, but is that really what that was talking about here? Well, let's go back. Let's backtrack. So it starts in verse 10. And uh, so it says, Now I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have revived your concern for me. I think that's so funny. He's kind of being emo there. Um, But you are indeed concerned, and you had the opportunity to show it. So it says here in the second half of verse 10, I believe, You don't have the number either. Um, But it's saying, I'm not saying this out of my need, but for I have learned, here's the part we're focusing on, I have learned to be content regardless of my circumstances. Let's say that together, regardless. Ready? Regardless of my circumstances. And then he says here, I know how to live humbly. I know how to abound. I am accustomed to any and every situation, to being filled and to being hungry, to having plenty and to having need. And then he says, I can do all things to Christ who strengthened me. So what he's actually talking about here is he's saying, it doesn't matter if I have all the bills paid. It doesn't matter if I'm hungry. It doesn't matter if I have the nicest house or if I finished college. It says right here that you can do all things to Christ who gives you strength. And it's talking about in where you are, in the situation that you're in now. How, so he says he's learned to be content regardless of my circumstances. And I think that's so valuable because so many of us, that's, we just miss that. And so I just want to encourage you this morning to embrace the journey, embrace your daily tasks, embrace your low paying job, embrace changing 15 diapers a day, whatever it is you find yourself in, learn to be content, learn, learn to let God speak to you in, in any and every situation, let everything make you stronger and wiser and, and be able to be a support to other people later on that go through something. And, and if we just really have that, that as a motivation, we're just going to find ourselves getting revelation like all the time. I really do feel like I just like I just want God to teach me everything and and I really do like I just get revelation when doing the dishes or you know whenever like Uriah was riding the merry-go-round the other day and you know we've had a lot of health medical concerns with him and and so he's just sitting there riding the merry-go-round and sitting up nice and tall when you know he used to not be able to sit up tall and he's just holding onto the pole and just going around the merry-go-round and, and I was just like wow God what was I so worried about you know you've got him he's fearfully and wonderfully made like why why am I so concerned and in that moment I could have been just like on my phone like yeah we're Peter Piper pizza but I just was focusing on the literal and just thinking outside the box so anyways I want to encourage you to do that it's kind of like in this building I don't know how many of you guys saw it right before we've got to this point every week it's looking better and better but you know it was bad (laughs) on Easter Sunday it was really bad but we could have grown weary we could have just stopped and we wouldn't be here where we are now right And so thank you all. I know so many of you guys have put hours on hours and and days on days. And we could have all grown weary, but we're just pressing in. And we're saying that it's just a season and and we're going to make it through. So God is good. And I just want to touch really quick um, in closing here. You know, some of you guys might say, yeah, those are good pointers. But I'm already super weary like today. And so now you're making me feel worse about 
being weary. And that's not what I'm trying to do. So what I want to do now is say, all right, how do we pull our pants or what is it? Pick up our bootstraps. What is it? I don't know. Pick something, bootstraps, spurs, pull your pants, put on your big girl pants. I don't know. There's some kind of, there's come some kind of slogan there that goes in all those words and jumbled up somehow. Okay. But so what do we do if we're already weary? Well, the second half of that scripture that we, that we first started off with there in, um, in Galatians 6, 9, it says, so of course we know it says, don't grow weary. But then the second half says, in doing what? Good. In doing good. And then we see again in 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 13, and it says, as for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. So if you find yourself weary, which that's okay. It's better to realize you're weary than just to keep on living there and and not fix it. But if you find yourself weary, then I want you just to stop. I want you to reevaluate, is what I'm doing good, right? Because that's what it says. It says, says, don't let yourself grow weary. When you, uh, if you do not give up, you'll be a harvest for what you're doing is good. And then again, we see here, never get tired of doing good. So if you feel like, no matter what you do, you're still weary. Then you need to look. You need to say, okay, stop. What am I doing? Is this a good thing? You know, Pastor Josh said last week, there's no dead things allowed, right? How many of y'all remember that from his, from his message last week? And, and when he was preaching that last week, I was like, man, that's kind of like something that I'm going to talk about. So first of all, what he said is when something is dead, then you're supposed to speak to it and declare to it and prophesy to it to get up. You know, we talked about that and, and the valley of dry bones and all that stuff. So you need to speak to those things. You needed to say, why am I this way? What do I, you know, what do I need to do? If, if I'm weary, say, stop being weary. Have the mind of Christ. Joy of the Lord is my strength. And you just start speaking out the scriptures, just like he said last week. You're being prophetic when you speak out the scriptures over your life. So just start doing that. Start motivating yourself and reevaluate what am I doing and start speaking to your situation. You know, sometimes you have to just stop and turn around and realize that the horse that you were leading to water is now dead and you're dragging it along and you just need to stop and bury that thing, right? You don't need to drag a dead horse. There's no dead things allowed. So if you're if I, if you've already reevaluated and you saw that it's you've if it's good and you've spoken to it and spoken to it and it's still dead, then that's probably because it needs to be dead and dead things are, are just going to get deader, right? They're going to get stinkier. If you keep on dragging something, eventually it's going to bring more problems. You know, the vultures are going to be circling around your head. It's going to get worse. So if, you, if you're reevaluating and you realize, hmm, I've been speaking to this thing. I thought it was a good thing, but it's still dead. It's really getting deader then got to bury that thing. We can't have dead things in our life. And so if we're speaking to it and it's still dead, then it's probably not supposed to be there. It's probably something that God wants you to get rid of. And it's only going to make you weary, right? How many of y'all know it's harder to drag a dead horse because it's heavier, right? If you have a horse that's walking, all you got to do is hold the rope. But all of a sudden that horse is dead and you're pulling it all. You know, it's kind of like when your baby falls asleep and you're like, after like 20 minutes, you're like, they're, you call it dead weight, right? Boom, all their weights on you. You're like, this kid's heavy, you know? And so we got we to gotta cut off dead weight. We got to deal with it or it's going to make us grow weary. And so reevaluate, speak to your situations. The next thing that you can do is you can make improvements where needed. So why am I weary? Well, I'm weary because I'm not getting enough sleep. Well, 
you can change that, right? You can get more sleep. I'm weary because I have a negative coworker at work. Okay, well, you're going to start being light. Every time they start being negative, then you just start being positive or you start elevating the atmosphere. So there are things that you can do to make improvements that's not like, well, I can't talk to you anymore because you're negative. You know, like that's not going to accomplish anything. But if we just do small things to make improvements where they're needed, we can really see a big difference. And the last thing I want to focus on this morning, and it's so important, is if we are weary and we want to stop being weary, we just need to change our attitude. Amen? Sometimes we need to change our situation, but sometimes we just need to change our attitude. It starts here. You know, it's, we were saying earlier that happiness starts from the inside. You can't find happiness in whatever situation you're in, whatever season you're in. You just have to just change your attitude. Think about the good things. Don't worry about the negative things. Just let God speak to you and let yourself be lifted up. Encourage yourself. You know, that's, I love the scripture in Psalm that says, why are you downcast, O my soul? And sometimes I'll think that. Like if I start getting tired and I just think, I need to, you know, build myself up. God is good. Thank you, Jesus, that I have this. Or I'll, or I'll start praying for somebody else. You know, like, oh, Lord, I'm thinking about so-and-so today, so I'm just going to start praying for them, and you know what they're going through, you know? And it just starts to build you up. When you, when you start to just focus on something else, or like I said, focus on the positives and not the negatives, then God can really start to do stuff. Amen?